Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me. This is episode three of Make and Decorate with Stephanie Socha Design. I'm Stephanie, and uh, today's episode is going to be... Um, I'm going to tell you about the sewing machines that I've collected over the years. I really love sewing machines. I have a fascination and a passion for every type of sewing machine, old, vintage, new, um, technology ones with the lasers. I just, I just love sewing machines. Um, so I, I'm going to talk about uh, my journey of sewing machines from my very first one that I purchased with absolutely no research all the way through now and um, the resources and how they've changed uh, is is very different. With the advancement of technology today, consumers are much more savvy in the purchases that they make and that holds true for sewing machines as well. But let's rewind back to the late 90s, before YouTube, before blogs, um, before uh, any type of research at our fingertips, really. Uh, This was my first machine um, that I purchased. And I went, I did go into a dealership um, and it, um, it didn't go very well. But the machine that I had purchased should have been a great machine, Um, but we just got sold a lemon. You know, 2020 uh, is always, what do they say, hindsight is 2020. Um, And I I know for certain we were sold a lemon and um, through... I had that machine for several years and after... um, Having it serviced with a professional sewing technician, um, they he even told me that this um, it was something to do with the bobbin mechanism timing calibration. He kept saying that I could keep fixing this, but the cal- it will always need to be um, recalibrated because it's never going to stay. Um, and that was. The problem with the machine when we first got it. So I highly doubt that that machine was new to us to begin with, Um, but it was expensive. It was $1,100, and it's a FAF Tiptronic 2010. That model doesn't, um, I think it's retired now, but back then it was um, a nice machine. It has the um, dual feed which for my first machine, now it did work here and there once it got calibrated, but, um, uh, you know, it just wasn't consistent and it kept breaking over and over and over again. And for that type of a level of investment, that should not have happened. And I um, was very new to sewing and I, I should have contacted FAF because maybe they probably would have helped me out. Um, we did go back to the dealer But um, it was not very helpful and um, uh, not very upfront or, I mean, it was kind of shady. So we, you know, learned, I learned a valuable lesson. So if you are in the market today for a new sewing machine, do research, do your homework and figure out what type of sewing machine will fit your needs what you planned to use it for. And also, this is something that I also learned um, over time on how to plan and research for my purchases was plan your growth level. Uh, because um, a couple of times I underbought features of a machine and quickly grew out of that machine as my skills progressed and um you know, that's something to just look at. If you're just going to sew here and there and um, not every day or every week, then you don't have to worry about, you know, growing out of the machine. Um, but I, I 
I sew almost every day. So um, that's something that I would definitely make sure you think about. Um, and today it's so much easier to do research on machines. And the actual uh, manufacturers of machines uh, put out great information and videos, but I do, I do, con- you know what, I, this is a whole nother podcast. So I probably will do a podcast on, you know, how to research um, when you're, you're in the market to buy a new machine. Um, so anyway, let me get back to topic at hand. So this FAF Tiptronic 2010, um, I also want to uh, explain too what the dual feed is in case you don't know. Dual feed is um, on a sewing machine, you've got the two uh, what they call feed dogs at the bottom and they move and p- push the fabric through as the machine sews the stitches and that pulls it from the bottom side. Dual feed is also a little foot that lowers, usually just like with a lever, you lower it down and then it snaps onto the back of your foot. And it's like another a feed dog from the top of your fabric. So it will move in conjunction with the lower feed dogs and will pull that fabric through more evenly. Um, and then it makes sewing with even like... Um, thinner fabrics or, you know, hard to, if you're, you're trying to match up plaids, it will pull those through much more evenly than not having a dual feed. So I just wanted to explain what that was real quick. All right. Uh, so, um, that was my first machine and, um, definitely a deep learning experience. And, uh, let's move on to the next one. So moving on to the next machine, after I got burned with the FAF um, and I kind of had um, dropped sewing for a while, my work got extremely busy and um, I mean, basically was working all the time. So then when I did have um, a job change and I started my business, I decided that I needed and wanted to get back into sewing. So I um, went into a brother dealer and I did not want to spend the thousand dollars that we had spent before because I was very, um, I don't know, very wary and cautious of investing in another machine. Um, and still no YouTube yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, I went into the store and the machine that I ended up buying that evening was a brother Innovus NX250. This machine also is long discontinued, but they have um, updated that model. So it's basically the the same kind of machine, just, um, you know, some enhancements made to it and given a new, new number. Um, and that the new, the new version of this machine today is the brother in Novus NX575. And it's been updated really nicely, actually. Um, I probably, you know, would purchase this machine again today. It was a really good price point, well under $1,000. And it has a, a thread cutter and a knee lift, um, th- uh, automatic threader, a, a bunch of features, LED lights. But anyway, back to mine, because I don't have that it's 575 I have the 250 Um, it's just really a basic sewing machine with some quilting stitches. It has, um, free motion foot. What two big things that it does not have. And I quickly grew out of on this machine was a knee lift to lift your presser foot, a thread cutter, and, um, really those are the two main ones. Otherwise, it has many decorative stitches, basting stitch, um, tension adjustments. Um, what else? It, it pretty much can sew anything from clothing, home deck to quilting. So it's a good, it's a good, nice machine 
and it had, um, I think what the uh, dealer had said was a full size motor. So, um, and I've still used it um, up until a couple months ago when I, I ended up using it for um, more of a portable machine to take with me to um, sew-ins and retreats and stuff like that. Um, but it still works really great. I probably should sell it. Um, but it's a good machine and I had no problems with it over the years, just regular maintenance and it still sews like a dream today. Very good, reliable machine. Um, my next machine after that is a baby lock Elure Plus. I do like the Baby Lock machines. I like the Baby Lock company and very similar to Brother. Um, for those of you who have been sewing for a while, you know that there is a manufacturer that builds the Baby Lock machines. They also build the Brothers and they also build the Janomis. So those machines look similar. They operate similarly and are manufactured in by the same manufacturer. They're not of there they are different brands and they do have different features, but you can easily change from one brand to the other seamlessly. They will use the same interchangeable snap-on feet, bobbins, that sort of thing, and the learning curve is is zero pretty much. If you're, you know, kind of changing from a baby log to a brother to a Janome, you'll you'll pick it up with nothing because it's manufactured by the same um, uh, company. So my Baby Lock Allure Plus is a combination embroidery, machine embroidery, sewing machine. And I used that machine for a very long time. In fact, I still use it only today that that ended up becoming my main machine and then my brother became my secondary machine the baby lock allure plus had the thread cutter very nice thread cutter no problems the automatic threader very nice um it's not the kind of thread cutter that you have to wrap the thread around a hook and you know pull it down and make sure the hook gets in there and slowly pull it up this automatic threader is you push the lever down and let it go, and it's boom, your needle is threaded. Very nice. Um, all great things to say about the Baby Locky Lure Plus. And what's nice about this one is that it is still in their current line of machines. And this is a mid-range price point machine, a mid-range machine altogether. It's not high-end. And it's not low end. It's just a very nice mid-level range machine. Um, I think the sewing tech guy one time told me that the the embroidery part on the machine was more of a beginner. But honestly, it does everything I needed to do as far as machine embroidery is concerned. I've got three different hoop sizes. I can import any design with the USB cord. The difference, they did update the Allure Plus model that's in the line today. And um, today's model will take the um, the flash drive versus, um, I have a, on my machine, I have a cord that plugs into the machine and then has a USB on the other end to plug into a laptop or a computer. Um, the embroidery, um, part of the machine is pretty nice. I mean, it's not like one of those big full color LCD screens, but it's, um, I don't know. It's just like a, a blue and white screen, I guess. Um, and you can kind of see your design really tiny. You can make adjustments to the design, bigger, smaller mirror, but, um, it's limited, so there's certain things. So if machine embroidery is your thing and you like want to be able to completely change anything on your design and, you know, sky's the limit, then this machine um, is, is more of a beginning, I guess, um, machine embroidery machine. The But it doesn't have the price point of the 
um, bells and whistles of the higher end machines. I mean, those beautiful embroidery machines, like the Dreamweaver or of Brother. I don't remember what the. I think Destiny is the Baby Lock one. I mean, those are you're you're in like the thousands and thousands of price range. Um, so, and I don't really need it for that. I like to be able to do machine embroidery when I want to, but it's, um, that's all I need. So what else can I say about the Allure Plus? Um, it's, you can adjust the needle position. Um, love the thread cutter and generally just a really good overall machine. Um, I did have to purchase a walking foot separate, but I did. And um, it does come with a knee lift, which is very nice. I love a knee lift. It's really great. Um, what else? Extension table. Um, so, yeah, and it's a drop-in bobbin, and it's what you would call a low shank um, machine. That, I mean, maybe that could be something that I would say the, because of the low shank and the design of the machine, when I got into quilting it, I did strain my neck more because it was harder to see what I was stitching. Um, because the foot is so low and the machine sort of gets in the way. I mean, now on my other machines, I can see so much clearer and I don't get as much neck and shoulder strain. So I would say that if you want to do only quilting, maybe the Allure Plus is not the best machine for you. But other than that, I think it's a great machine. I did the buttonhole stitches on that machine. Um, I, I use that machine a lot. I mean, of the features. So I, I got the bang for the buck out of that machine. Very good. All right. So my next purchase was a serger. So I started to learn about serging and the different sergers. I did have a serger that was gifted to me from my mom um, a few years earlier, but I was too intimidated to pull it out of the box. And well, then I did pull it out of the box and then I didn't know the first thing of how to thread it. Um, so I had to find the, uh, manual online. I didn't have the manual with it. Uh, and then finally, when I did learn how to thread it, it's really not that bad. If you have a manual serger, I mean, it's kind of a pain in the butt to manually thread it. But once you learn the process and how to do it, it's really not that bad. Um, so just don't ever try one of the jet air threading cause then you'll totally be like, I have to have the, you know, the jet air threading. You just can't go back. Uh, so, but that serger, um, really didn't, um, it, it could only do the three thread and the four thread, which is fine. I mean, that's just overlocking it's finishing seams. And, um, of course, you know, on I watched all of the TV shows, um, and I think it was Sewing with Nancy. And, of course, she has all of the latest and greatest of the baby lock machines on her show. And so I saw um, Sergers on there. But um, I also um, took a look at Sergers at local trade shows. So, you know, that sewing, that quilt expo that comes um, it goes across the country. Um, walk around those shows because you'll be able to hands-on test the machines. I like to go and hands-on test some of the long arms because I dream of having a long arm. Um, and I did test some of the sergers. And um, I the, the Jet Air Thread sergers um, are definitely at the $1,000 point and up. So I wasn't ready to do that yet, but I, I knew I already had my baby Lucky Lure Plus. I like the company. I liked that machine. And um, the Diana Serger has the cover stitch, chain stitch, as well as 
all of the serger capabilities. So it was like a cover stitch machine and a serger combined into one machine. So I got that as a show special and used that for a while. But again, this was a machine that I quickly grew out of because um, I, I was seeing products made from their Jet Air um, threaded machines. They had the wave stitch. Um, it was so easy to switch over your looper threads um, with the Jet Air threading. Extraordinaire, I think, is another type of threading. So um, within the next year, the next trade show, I took some classes, actually two serger classes. Um, one of the classes was just to learn how to cover stitch. Um, because I had my, this Diana, baby lock Diana, which has the cover stitch. Really, this, that machine produces cover stitch and surge stitches the same quality as their highest end ovation. And I think now it's called the Triumph machine. So you don't really get any different quality. You're just getting, um, I guess more luxury. Um, options for your threading and the, for the ease of threading those loopers. The loopers, if you don't surge, there's no bobbin in a threader. So there are two, there's an upper and a lower looper, and they have to p follow this convoluted path uh, underneath the machine, looking inside the machine, and you usually on a manual thread have to use long tweezers and, you know, just it's it, this. Well, the path on the Diana actually was color coded right there on the inside flap of the, the door. So it really wasn't as bad as my Husky Lock. The Husky Lock, I think, is the hardest to thread because there's absolutely no guides anywhere. This baby lock Diana serger had the guides, but again, if I wanted to switch from serging to cover stitch, another 15, 20 minute process. And some of the things required both, like you had to do switch from serging to cover stitch back to serging. So then I realized, okay, this is not ideal. So, um, and then in the meantime, I had taken two classes. In those classes, they provided the, this is where baby lock is pretty smart. <laughs> I have a feeling that this actually helps them to sell their, um, their sergers because they provided, at that time, they had evolution sergers in the classes. And that was that was the latest model. This ovation model was just, you know, coming out. So that was going to be the next machine. And the only difference between those two models was the harp space. There, there actually was um, more space beside the right of the needle so that you could actually um, quilt on the serger with a chain stitch. Really cool. I love a serger. I just, I absolutely love sergers. Um, still learning and playing around and having a, um, a lot of fun with them. I have to make a quick correction. I keep uh, interchanging the term mechanical with manual, and all sergers are mechanical. They're not computerized. So um, forgive me for getting those two mixed up, but I uh, just wanted to make sure I clarified that. So if you are in the market for just an entry-level serger, I know a lot of people use um, a, a brother model. It's the 1034D, I believe. Um, but um, that one is super affordable, between three dollars and $400. It's a four-thread overlock, um, just a serger. There's not a cover stitch in with it. And um, the threading is manual, but it has, um, I think, a straightforward process and things are labeled and um, has good documentation. This Diana, and I think Baby Lock also has um, the Lauren, which is only the serger. The Diana is the combination serger cover stitch machine. And it's all mechanical, but it has beautiful guides and it produces beautiful stitches. And really, there's nothing wrong with it other than a time. 
the time spent in manually threading it and the time spent in manually switching over from one to the other. But the price point is not bad. Um, I think mine, now I did have a show special, so it was just under 700 and I think that's pretty outstanding to get a cover stitch and a serger. Um, so I recommend, I highly recommend it. All right, the next machine, I don't need to go into huge detail. It's widely known, it's vintage, and it's called the Singer Featherweight Model 221. It's that little black machine from made out of cast iron. It's a straight stitch only, and uh, it's mechanical. And that's why these machines are still in full use today from being made 50, 60, up to almost 100 you know, years ago. Um, it's a great little machine, and um, I really wanted to collect one, and not only um, just to have it, but um, I also wanted it to be usable. So I got a, a good machine, well taken care of, and I only needed to replace um, the fan belt, which was a $5 uh, replacement item. So um, I have that. And uh, in addition to that, I did also find the table that goes with the featherweight and the featherweight um, drops in uh, to a cutout slot and um, the bed of the machine is flush with the top of the table. So um, those are a little bit more rare because the tables were made of wood and probably didn't, um, a lot of them didn't come through the years. Um, unscathed, but I do have um, one of those tables as well. So um, that's my one and only vintage machine. I love it and uh, was um, I, I it was a good investment for me. Okay, in 2015, I was introduced to a semi-industrial straight stitch machine, the Juki TL2010Q. And this uh, machine, I started to see a lot of quilters on a lot of different blogs um, using this machine. It has a, a very large throat space. I think it's at least nine, maybe up to 11 inches. I don't know exactly, but it's it's large uh, throat space to the right of the needle. So you can have a, a lot of fabric to the right of your needle. And it is straight stitch only. It is very efficient, accurate, easy to sew with, and easy to maintain, and at a very nice price point. It's all mechanical, um, but it's it's really I love this machine. So um, I did a lot of you know now when I do make purchases, I do um, my homework and I do a lot of research. There, this machine, you know, in my research, I looked at all the different vendors that make a similar model to this machine. Um, almost every single manufacturer out there has one. Uh, Baby Lock is called the Jane. Brother has a 1500P something. Um, and I think now Janome has also introduced one. And um, after looking at all of those, even though they are so very similar, um, I think the Juki is the best of the bunch for me. The um, I like the thread cutter and the foot pedal. I don't think that that's um, on all of the other types of models. There are little nuances that are different and you just have to um, look and see what those are, try them out. I did try out the Jane. Um, I was at a sewing retreat and there was a person in the row behind me that she brought her Jane and she allowed me to test it out. And it was very nice. Um, you know, it worked really well. Uh, so I did get to test that, but, uh, in the end I did choose the Juki. Um, and I absolutely love it. This is hands down one of my favorite machines. And what's um, interesting is that it's it's not fancy. It's mechanical. You maintain it by you have to oil it. Um, insert you know it, it has a little um, 
in the manual, the spots where you need to oil it periodically, um, quite often, actually, if you do so often. But um, it, it's low maintenance, though. That's really all that you need to do besides keeping the machine clean of lint, free of lint and so forth, and keep it cleaned out. And then your regular maintenance tune-ups. But um, yeah, this is a great machine. I absolutely love it. I use it for specific things. Um, it's a very good machine to use on anything that has thick layers, heavy duty. It's also a, a favorite for quilters. Free motion quilting works very well on this machine. And uh Home deck. I use it for home deck a lot. And anything that you um, need a straight stitch machine for, it does very, very well. So I I can't say enough great things about this machine. Um, and also, um, some of you uh, do a lot of bag making, and so do I. And this machine is just, you know, sews through layers of foam, stabilizer, cork, and fabrics like butter. It is a, just a pleasure to use. So, um, and disclaimer, I I do not have any um, sponsors from any company. So I am only saying, um, you know, reviews from my own personal use and my own personal experience. Um, so I, I, I'm not being compensated or paid for anything. Um, so yeah, so anyway, um, love that machine and there's only two more left and then we're done. So hopefully hang in there with me. I hope that this information is, um, helpful for you. It's, I know it gets a little dry because it's just talking about machinery and not like anything fun like fabrics and so forth, but, um, I I also see a lot of people always asking about machines and they don't know which one to buy. They don't know what features to look for or what features certain machines have. So that's why I feel like it's important to go over um, the machines that I have. And I also in the future want to talk to other um, friends and people who have different machines from me. And then I'd like to hear, you know, their personal experience and using what they um, machines they have and what they love about them and maybe what they don't love about them. So at this point, I have an excellent straight stitch machine in my Juki. Absolutely love it. But I still need a machine that will do the zigzag stitches, the decorative stitches, and so forth. Uh, my Allure Plus was starting to show its age and I've, you know, again, um, started to outgrow it. And I'd always really wanted to try a Bernina, uh, but, you know, the, they're very expensive. Um, even their lower end models are just really expensive. So you really have to do a needs analysis to find out which model is best for you and weigh the pros and cons of what type of features you will get and maybe some other um, other types of vendors' machines versus the Bernina. But um, I still wanted I still wanted to um, to try this machine out and I've seen some very good things and um, so I went an alternative route and I know that um, everyone says that you must, must always get your machine from a dealer. And I do think that it's a good idea. I also agree that we should help support our industry, support your local quilt shops. However, I don't feel that that is the only way to get a machine. And um, these last two machines that I got were both um, pre-used machines and I got them used and I did buy them off of eBay. <gasps> yes, I did. I know. However, at this point in time, I'm not naive like I was uh, years ago. I know what to look for. I know the features I'm after. I know, um, you know, and of course, there's always that chance that, um, you know, I could make a mistake and 
uh, the person on eBay could not be the most honest, and I take that risk. However, um, the both of these machines are from actual dealers. Um, the one was a quilt dealer out from the East Coast, and the other one was a little bit more of the um, a fabric shop in um, the Northwest. Uh, so I... Uh, took my time. Again, I can't stress enough about the research and asking questions, um, you know, asking for more pictures if you need, asking about um, what is actually included, verifying that. Um, and uh, also, if there's any, uh, you know, what the return policy and so forth is in the shipping. Uh, so I... Um, I got the Bernina 820, and this is not a a newer model machine, but it is um, a part of the 8 series, which was um, the top of the line of Bernina about 10, 10, oh, 8 years ago, 8. So, um, yeah, it's got all the bells and whistles, and... Um, you know, I got it. It's used. So I got it at a, a very decent price point. And I don't know, I just think just like, you know, when you're in the market for a car and you buy a car at CarMax, it's used. Um, you know, you know uh, what you're looking for. And, um, you know, you don't always need to, to buy new. I mean, there's a, there's sort of a, um, I feel, a nice feeling that you get from actually recycling and you know this this is another you know um part of uh our hobby or industry where you know products are being churned out season after season and model after model and the marketing is that you must get the latest the greatest you have to you know get this machine now well what was wrong with the machine that I just got two years ago? And um, so if it can actually find another owner and that can get many years of happiness and use out of it, I think that that is a great way to recycle sewing machines. And so that's how I got this one. It's Bernina 820. It um, does not have embroidery. The 830 had the embroidery unit, but I still have my Elure Plus, and that is what that machine now is used for, is primarily it's just for embroidery. Um, so I've got my embroidery machine, I have my straight stitch Juki, and now I have my um, overall main machine with the Bernina 820. It came with the um, blind stitch foot regulator. Correction, not blind stitch foot regulator. It is just a BSR, which is the Bernina stitch regulator used for free motion quilting. It helps to regulate the stitches so you get a more even um, stitch length as you move the fabric around and um, free motion quilt. Um, it did not come with a walking foot, so I had to get that in addition, but um, I, I think that's a foot that is a, a good investment to make if you're a quilter. And um, I also will say that when I first got this machine, Bernina is very different from the rest of the machines out there. The Denomi... Um, Baby Lock Brother and even the, the Jukies are, operate very similarly, and there is an easy learning curve when jumping between each of those. But the Bernina is a sharp learning curve, and it's very different. So you do have to learn a whole different way of using the machine. Uh, and... Um, it took me, I would say, at least six months to really get through it. So uh, during those six months, I had this love-hate relationship with this machine. There were tears. There were moments of, you know, aha and wow, this is so cool. But it was just a lot of back and forth until, you know, now I've had the machine for almost two years and I've learned how to use it. I've learned, um, you know... 
its nuances, and there are some features on there that um, I have grown so accustomed to having that I love them. It's funny because some people like to name their sewing machines, give them little nicknames, and I've never done that. But on this Bernina 820, I actually did. I call her the diva because, um, you know, if you don't if you don't thread her just right, uh, you know, she acts up. So um, but over time, I've really grown to love the diva and we get along very well now. Um, and, oh, I'll just list a couple of features um, that I really love and that are different from the other models. And one of them is the way that you uh, ex- um, install the feet and take them out. Usually you need some sort of a screwdriver to unscrew um, the the foot in order to change it out to a different foot. This one just has a, a little lever that you just lift up. The foot drops down. You can put the other foot up and close that little lever. And it's just so easy. It's like a little lever switch, um, open and close. So that's very nice. And another feature is the, um, in the foot pedal, If you press on the heel part of the foot pedal, it raises the needle. And that's a very nice um, hands-off feature you can have so that you don't have to take your hands off your work and you can lift the needle by just pressing the heel part of the foot pedal. And it's the same concept in the Juki foot pedal where if I press on the heel part, it'll cut the threads. So sometimes I get a little confused with that if I'm, you know, have been sewing on the Juki for a while and come back to the Bernina. Uh, Another good feature is the, it has like this huge bobbin size. It, the capacity of the bobbin is, I would say it's like a double size bobbin. And I've really gotten used to that as well. Because when I switch back over to my Juki, they've got the little small standard size bobbins. And I am changing my bobbins on the Juki twice as much as I am on the Bernina. So that's another great feature I love about the Bernina. And um, the other great thing that is different is the... Um, the foot plate, presser plate, oh, why can't I think of what it's called? The stitch plate. <laughs> that also is removable by just, um, there's a place on the back right side that you just press your finger on and it lifts it up and then you can lift it out. You do not need a tool to remove that. And as often as you need to to clean the lint out from underneath the presser foot and underneath by the bobbin area of the machine that is very convenient, so easy. Uh, so I really love that feature as well. I think those are the main operational differences from the Bernina and other uh, machines. Uh, there is a plethora of features, high-end features built into the computer of this machine. And, um, I mean, there's so much that it can do, which is wonderful. I, I'm really loving um, this machine, and it really has a very high-quality stitch. Um, and, you know, that's partly due to the, you know, precise engineering, that Swiss engineering that they do, and um, the high-shank feet that they use. They... This is something that I have learned over time from using this machine and uh, noticing the differences. Now, their feet are pricey. They're very expensive, but there's a lot more engineering that is put into these feet. Um, I purchased the walking foot. It's well over $200, but it has three sole plates so that you can um, not only do regular walking foot Um, stitching, but there is more of an open toe. So when you're doing machine quilting, you can see um, where you're stitching. And another um, sole plate, foot plate that I use on that walking foot a lot is the edge stitch. They have an edge stitch foot that's, um, that is interchangeable in there. And so I really use two of those feet 
um, interchangeable on the walking foot, and it's fairly easy to switch out as well. Um, but uh, I, I felt that that was a, a very worthy investment, and I use it a lot. And I have learned that um, you know there is a difference in in their feet. Um, one other foot that I'll mention, which is pretty cool, is their um, buttonhole foot. Um, I didn't think that there could be an easier way to do buttonholes than on my baby lock, but this one, this one does it. Uh, you just uh, put the measurement of the button into, um, you know, the machine, the computer, and. Um, and uh, you put the foot on and you start stitching. I mean, it's crazy. You can definitely make adjustments to um, the thickness and density of a satin stitch that the buttonhole produces, but it is super easy and really fun. So I was, I was pleased to, to see that when I had to uh, make some buttonholes recently. So I know I've been going on and on about this Bernina, but um, it, it's very exciting to me because I've only been a Bernina user for the past two years, and I've I've had great fun uh, in learning the differences between that and my other machines, and um, coming to the realization that you know buying a Bernina. It puts you into a commitment because their accessories and everything are an investment. They're pricey, and um, when you invest in the machine, you're going to be investing in some, you know, ancillary feet and accessories. So you want to be sure that this is what you want, and that this is knowing that this is going to be an investment. So that also was intimidating to me all these years leading up to my first purchase of a Bernina machine, um, which is another reason why I am glad that I bought it pre-loved, pre-used, and, um, you know, I certainly do not have buyer's remorse on this machine at all. Uh, so hopefully this gives you a glimpse into um, the differences and uh, the world of you know, Bernina versus all the other machines because the feet of the Bernina are not going to work on any of the other ones. Uh, not interchangeable. They just, they do their own thing. Um, but it's quality and, um, you know, that's why uh, you hear of diehard Bernina fans, people who will say, I've had a Bernina, I've been using a Bernina for 35 plus years and I will never change. Well, there's a reason for that. And uh, so, but for me, I just, I love all the machines. So I, I mean, as much as I love my Bernina, I've only been using it for two years, but I do have love for all the other machines too. I just want, it's like my, it's like dogs. I love dogs. I love my puppy, but I see other puppies and it's like, I want all the puppies. I want to adopt all the puppies in the world. And that's how I feel about sewing machines. I just want them all. So overall, the Bernina 820 is a powerful machine. It delivers a very precise stitch um, and some very high-end features that I really love. So um, I think it's a good machine for at least um, starting at an intermediate level user um, through advanced. The last machine is a Bernina Activa 220. This is a retired model. And see, this is what I'm talking about. Churning out product after product, I think what replaces this model is um, they've got, um, I think, one that's called the Simply Red uh, machine. It's very similar if, if it doesn't replace this model. But um, this Activa 220 um, actually, I think the 220 has more features than the Simply Red. But this machine actually is great for entry level. So if you're thinking about, um, 
you know, a machine with less bells and whistles and it's more straightforward, but has all the stitches that you would need to create clothing, garments, um, quilting, um, even bag making. This machine can do it. Um, it's a it's a smaller size machine, and I got it because I wanted a portable machine, and um, so I again did my research, and um, I got this for a really super good price, and um, it it came in great condition, and I've been using it a lot. Actually, I've been taking it around um, to sew sew-ins and um, on vacation, and now I actually uh, use it in um, the our family room where we watch TV at night. So I have a project downstairs on that little machine that I work on at night, and then um, if I don't want to come upstairs to my uh, main sewing studio. It is a great little machine, and um, you know, I, I'm very happy with that purchase. And pretty much, I'm all set now. I really, I mean, I don't really need to look at another machine for uh, quite some time, unless, <laughs> which I tell my husband all the time. Now I need to get a long arm machine, right? <laughs> Oh boy, you know, it just never ends. But anyway, those are my machines and I hope that you got something from it. You learned um, what the different features are from machine to machine. And I'd also love to hear what machines you are using and, um, you know, if you love what you use and what your experience is. Uh, the more information we have out there, the better informed that we become and helps us to narrow down and to really zero in on what the best machine is for us. So that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. And please remember to subscribe and rate the podcast. Uh, it'll help um, the search for people to find it um, if I get more ratings. So um, I'd really love it if you would subscribe and rate. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design. You can find me online at stephaniesochadesign.com. Check out the show notes there, the blog, and I'm on Instagram at stephanie.socha.design. And you can also email me, stephaniesochadesign at gmail.com. And hey... Get your machines out and sew something today. Toodles. Bye.